Well, well, well. January 1, 2024. Coming to you with John Exum at Tomotley. Hello, John. Hello, Lynn. Happy New Year. Happy New Year to you. Now, you've got to tell me something I don't know. What episode is this of Tomotley Talks? 43. I knew you'd have the answer. <laughs> well, so welcome everyone to episode 43 of Tomotley Talks from Tomotley with John Exum and, and me, Lynn Wood. The puppies are outside right now. I don't know if they'll get inside and try to join in. We'll see. Time will tell. Well, again, Happy New Year. John, Happy New Year to you. Happy New Year to you, Lynn. I hope everyone is having a a good New Year and it had a good Christmas, a good holiday. Uh, I was blessed with some visitors. Uh, they had Darren and Maria Wood and Maria's sister, Christy Arnold Brown, visiting with us. They left this morning. Lang Five Ash, she came for a day last week. Uh, otherwise, at Christmas proper, I was hanging out with the dogs, and then they had some humans come. <laughs> They they talk to me more than the dogs, at least in English. <laughs> so I've had a I've had a good uh, and quiet holiday. Twenty twenty four. Can you believe it? No. I was reflecting back last night to some of the stuff I had on my phone from November of twenty twenty. That's it. Seems like a lifetime ago. And yet it was yesterday at the same time for me. Yeah. It goes both ways, doesn't it? It does. It's funny how you can reconcile those two extreme opposites concepts. Time seems to move fast when you uh, are doing something that you want to have done. In other words, if you do something, it seems like it's a second later it's done. But when you're waiting for something to happen, time seems to drag on and drag on and drag on. So I guess it's uh, a truth that... It, Time is the same either way. And now we've got calendared up another year. And I think 2024 is going to be a significant year in the history of this country. What do you think, John? No doubt about it. The only question is how. Well, you say how. I might look over and say, well, what? <laughs> <laughs> What's going to happen? How is it going to happen? And when is it going to happen? Okay, so three questions. Only okay. three questions. Yeah. <laughs> Not just one. And who's going to be involved? I guess we do the five. Who, who, wow, what then? <laughs> so I was clearly wrong about it being only one question. Okay. Well, <laughs> listen, Trump, President Trump says that this is the year. That 2024 is the final battle. Yep. Is he talking about the election or is he talking about 2024? Or both? It's, uh, you can make arguments either way. I, I, um, you know, I, I'm inclined to say 2024, obviously the election is what appears to be on the surface. I'm not saying that it is or isn't, but, you know, you can interpret the 2024 as our final battle and in multiple ways, I think. Well, the election is in November. Yeah. Assuming it goes forward as scheduled. And whoever wins would take office officially in January of 2025. Yet President Trump, I think, has said at least on more than one occasion, I know, I think he said it at Thanksgiving and maybe again uh, at Christmas, that by Christmas of next year, we're going to be well on our way to recovery and to making America great again. That's a short time period. It is. We're, uh, we're here now. It's December, and there's an election in November, and then somehow by December of this year, we're going to be well on our way to making America great again. Well, now, he was a very effective president-elect the first time. I remember he was already seeming to make a difference on trade before he even took office. 
Well, he got everybody to say Merry Christmas again. Yeah, I remember that. So he was. So don't don't underestimate him in uh, on that regard. But I know what we all hope he means. Well, my own belief I've made clear several times. My own opinion, my own analysis, and I could be wrong. Uh, is that I think things are happening now. I noted that. President Trump retruthed a truth posted by somebody named D.C. Drano, which was essentially a short analysis of President Trump's remarks after the January 6th quote-unquote insurrection had started, where he came out, I believe I saw it on TV and thought, well, it looks recorded, to the uh, Rose Garden, and he essentially told everybody that the election was stolen You've made your protest. Now go home quietly and in peace. Go home now. Jack Smith's own indictment has that very information, even though Jack Smith stupidly tries to use it against him to prove the opposite point. <laughs> nothing makes sense to me yeah. about <laughs> nothing makes sense to me about Jack Smith. No, not even his name, which isn't his real name. I think it's like John Eugene or something. Well, the D.C. Drano truth that President Trump retruthed, and that's a bottle of water, not a beer, right? <laughs> well, it's, it's my... It's a bottle of glass of tea. My zero sugar tea over I, here. I, I heard the, the opening. I thought, I don't want anybody to think John's sitting over here having a beer during the Tamatly Talks. <laughs> I'm not having a beer. It's, it's uh, any, cheerf any abnormal cheerfulness is uh, au naturel. So. so the D.C. Drano truth also contains some quote from a Newsweek uh, article, online or otherwise, and pointed out the fact that in order to invoke the Insurrection Act, which would result in the imposition of martial law, uh, that the president has to tell the insurrectionists to stand down and go home with a deadline, go home now. And then President Trump retruthed that. There's always some reason for what President Trump says or he does. He just doesn't say something or do something without there being a reason for it. And I don't know if he was so trying to suggest to the reader uh, that he may have well invoked the Insurrection Act on January the 6th, which would have placed us under martial law. The Constitution would have been suspended and the alleged vote on the certification of joy, bribes, whatever you want to call him, would have been null and void. And until a new president was legally sworn in, President Trump remains the president. Even, opt even if optically he is not, for whatever reason, if there's a strategic reason for him to appear optically not to be president, I don't know. It's hard for me to, to square up the strong belief I have that President Trump loves this country, that he, re, he bleeds red, white, and blue, and that there are men and women in the military that have dedicated their lives to defending and protecting the Constitution and we the people. I have great faith in the leaders in our military and great faith in Donald Trump as a leader. I put all my faith and trust in Jesus Christ. He's the, he's the King of Kings. But I just find it hard to accept that Donald Trump walked away from his responsibilities as President and Commander-in-Chief to allow this country to slide right into one-world government. We were already communists in terms of our leaders. The plan was to put us in one-world government. And here we are today. We're not under one world government, are we? Doesn't feel like it. Well, I asked somebody, I said, well, has anybody come to take your guns yet? Nope. They're going to do a more indirect way for that, I think. But I, sorry. I, I wish them good luck. They're going to try to take ammunition and that stuff first is what I think they're going to do. Go blow it all but, in the Ukraine. But they... <laughs> 
They would have already been doing that. I think they have been doing some of that, but yeah. Not to the average American citizen who's got a gun. They still got guns and ammunition. Right. They're not going to... I don't think they're going to come for guns until they know there's not going to be coming in, anything coming out of them. Well, they're not going to go <laughs> for the guns until they think they can, and I yeah. don't think they think they can. I That's right. That's right. I, I, I believe that. I was talking to someone, and I probably said this in a prior to Motley Talks, Back in 2021, a gentleman from New Zealand, and I was having lunch. It was at a function. At the time, I was running for chair of the South Carolina Republican Party, and uh, that was a psyop they got me to, <laughs> to get involved in so they could just smear me publicly. But that's okay. I, I've said before, I enjoyed it. I met a lot of wonderful people in South Carolina. But uh, I asked the gentleman, I said, how are things in New Zealand? And he said, well, we're communist. I said, how did that happen? He said, we gave them all our guns. I said, what are you doing? What is your plan to try to save your country? And I'll never forget the impact of his words. When he looked over at me and he said, we're waiting on America. We're waiting on America. Sometimes we forget that America is the leader of the free world and that our president is the leader of the free world. And the free world means other nations that seek freedom, to have their own national identities, not to be part of a one-world government where you lose your identity as a nation. Mm -mm. So that tells me that hopefully there's more than the United States involved in this effort to defeat the globalists who want to take over the world with one world government. And that whether we see it with our eyes, that there's things going on where nations that are part of the free world are hopefully working with our president, Donald Trump, the leader of the free world, to not allow one world government. Does that make sense? I mean, yeah. it may be, I may be dead wrong, but it seems to me to be compatible with who this country is and who our president is. Well, I'll tell you this much. If we were under one world government, I believe we'd be under way too much tyranny for you to exercise your right to be wrong, assuming you are. Well, there you go. Uh, <laughs> We certainly have had a lot of efforts made to suppress free speech. Yeah. And I know, and you know, because you've been involved in it, the lawfare, several efforts to try to prevent me from talking. And when I did, I got punished, fined, taking away my right of free speech and my right to defend myself publicly in a court of public opinion. And they've done the same thing to President Trump. They've tried to. So if you're targeted you're going to feel the impact of their efforts to limit your free speech. But eventually that's going to work its way downhill and it's going to be the everyday citizen who's going to find that they've lost their right of free speech. Potential restrictions on social media, penalties if they're monitoring you. You can't even begin to come up with the horrors that they could impose upon us to try to prevent us from exercising our God-given right of free speech. So we still got it. I've said sometimes it's like America's, <laughs> we're in trouble. But I feel like we're running on about, I don't know, if an eight-cylinder car. I like gas engine cars. Uh, if we're an eight-cylinder engine, I sometimes feel like we're running on about five cylinders. Uh, not as good as eight, but not, not as bad as one or two or zero. So it's been a long haul uh, since 2020, really starting when the pandemic uh, commenced and the country was attacked with COVID-19. I believe that was a bioweapon. So, no doubt in my mind about that. It would be hard for anyone to look back and, and say otherwise. I mean, they, they, they really did use that to try to take control of us. 
you got to wear a mask. You can't come in my, my building. You can't go out in public without a mask. You can't have this job unless you take the vaccine. And people fell for it. Too many people fell for it. They allowed government, and actually government agencies, the CDC, they allowed the government agencies to literally control what they would wear and where they could go. I mean, how much freedom did you they get? Would people give up then? And then it instilled in the nation a, a, a fear. People were afraid. People were afraid to talk to each other. Had to be what six feet apart. We'd already been afraid to dialogue with each other. At least I admit to uh, succumbing to that fear with people at law school. I didn't want to rock the boat because before I realized our elections were going to be stolen. My strong opinion, that's what happened. Um, I didn't. You know, I was still thinking I was going to do some corporate law thing, and I didn't want to tick off the professors. I wanted to get good grades. Didn't want to get penalized by the red pen. I think I still kept my mouth shut at the school, but I think after that, when there was a part of me that just threw the gloves off and had a, you know, like an effort reaction, a screw it reaction after the. After November 3rd, there was a part of me that snapped in a good way, not in like a crazy, violent way, but in a good way where I just, you know, not to make this all about me, and I'm sorry about that. But, you That's know, okay. But, you know, sort of like changing my career or realizing that what God intended, you know, um, for me to do is when I realized I saw you up there and that when you bucked that speech from Ronna Romney McDaniel, Ronna Romney McRhino, and uh, and I saw her looking around at the background. I was like, I want to be that guy. I don't want to be. I want to be more like him. In fact, I know him. I think I was at his house. I don't want to be somebody wordsmithing a contract in the in the back room. You know that sucks. <laughs> I would rather I'd rather be fighting. We, there needs to be a fight in the lot. Nobody's but him. Nobody but this Lynn Wood guy is up there doing that right now. He's you were the only person that day on that and that podium saying exactly what was on my heart and mind, and I believe the hearts and minds of millions of people. And I don't know what Rana had pre-scripted for you, but I guarantee you, you know, I would, I would, if I were a betting person, and I'm not, but I would wager a considerable sum that it was some watered down, hey, we got to put this behind us and focus on the Senate runoff effort and, uh, Sure, old sucks for old. Sure, sucks for old Trump. But we got to make. I'm sure it was something along those lines because she said something a couple weeks later, and she got booed in Georgia. And I was having, and I had a conversation with a Republican fundraiser in from North Carolina, and he was, and he said to me, and he, and he, he's someone who has the ear of the former governor and also of Senator Tillis. And I was trying to plant a bug in his ear, say, hey, you know. Uh, Jonathan was his name. He was a friend of a friend, so I was nice. I was like, can you plant a seed in Tillis's ear? I know we don't know each other to get him to challenge these electoral certifications. He's like, well, I, you know, I really don't see that happening. But I was like, and I had said to him, I was like, look, you just said to me that it blows your mind why all these people won't go to the polls and vote in Georgia. Well, you got to remember that what the party did was that they said, hey, sucks for old Trump go go out and vote meanwhile it was trump who basically had gone all out for all of them and they are perceived as having used him benefited from him and then just letting him waste away and that is not playing over well with a very good part of the base he was like oh well i think you're you're probably right about that and i was like so y'all the party needs to be more vocal about fighting the fraud and it doesn't need to be perceived as just you know, writing off a loss because it is obvious. He goes, yeah, yeah, I, I think we'll you might have a we'll point. Fix it. We'll fix it next election. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I was, I don't know, I don't know what got me started on that. Well, but. you're talking about the remarks I made in the uh, yeah, that's GOP it. headquarters in Atlanta on November that's it. the 6th of uh, 2020. Not enough other people were doing that. I think that's what <laughs> I was trying to say. I remember they handed me this 
three or four pieces of paper and said, "This is these are your remarks." And I said, "Thank you." I laughed. <laughs> you laughed derisively. Yeah, I did not. I did not use their remarks. That that was. Uh, I mean, really, to me, it was uh, insulting, uh, as if I couldn't get up and say what uh, I wanted to say in my own words. But I also started beginning at that point in time that day to see things that did not make me feel warm and fuzzy about the Georgia Republican Party uh, or some of the lawyers that were initially claiming to represent President Trump. But that's another story for another day, maybe. But I, I will say this, and I take no personal credit. I give Jesus Christ all the praise, all the glory, all the credit. Amen. He controls everything. He either allows something to happen or he makes it happen. He is sovereign over everything he created. So I don't take any personal credit for giving a good speech. I give that praise and glory to Jesus Christ. Amen. But I was at that time and into even uh, clearly December when I gave remarks in Alpharetta at Wills Park with Sidney Powell glaring behind me. <laughs> Sidney and Rona McDaniel, <laughs> they were both behind me, Rona in Atlanta, Sidney at Brills Park. And, well, I don't think they were looking at me with love. Well, Rona was definitely... Or respect. She was looking at the person beside, you know, even through the mask on her face, the PC mask, she was clearly mouthing of, he's not reading what I spoon-fed him. <laughs> Well, <laughs> it's, not, it's funny because it's the people behind you that will stab, stab you in the back with, with a knife. But the people that were in front of me that day in Atlanta and that day in, in Alpharetta, the we the people, uh, they weren't looking at me with looks of disdain. Heck no. They, they were, were cheering for Donald Trump in America. You were a breath of massive fresh air for those people. Well, they wanted someone to tell them what they believed and how they felt. Exactly. Don't tell me how you feel, Ronna McDaniel. Talk to me about how I feel. I'm the member of the party. I'm the voter. You're just some figurehead. Or don't prescribe what I'm supposed to feel. Yeah, don't, don't, try, to, <laughs> don't try to control me. I hate that, too. The, uh, and then from there, I went out to Tulsa at my one and only Clay Clark event. Uh, I don't think the people behind me at that event were very happy with me either <laughs> but the people in front of me in the audience seemed to be receptive to what i had to say well clay clark was giving you the touchdown score was that something else i think that's a masonic signal <laughs> for distress but i have early on at times felt like uh, a voice crying out in the wilderness but i know now that there are so many people who either are speaking out loud, saying things that I've been saying, or even quietly agreeing with what is being said. So the voice crying out in the wilderness has gotten larger and larger and larger, and I'm not talking about Lynn Wood. President Trump says a lot of the same things that I say or said, and I believe that Donald Trump is doing God's will for this country. I believe he takes his orders from the King of Kings. I do too. I know that I love Jesus Christ, and I'm trying to do his will in my life, and I love America. So whatever role I have in this battle we're in, even if it's a foot soldier, that's okay with me. I take my orders from the same King of Kings. You're here. So given that to be the case, then President Trump and I should always be on the same page. may not be exactly but we're going to be on the same page because we, we take orders from the same King of Kings. I don't know uh, whether this is going to be resolved by an election in November, but I know something is going to happen in 2024. It's going to come to a head. Do you agree with that? Even if it's just, even if it's some type of an election. Yeah. I, I, it's going to be a pivotal indicator one way or the other whether it's going to it's, it's either going to be uh, some great uh, development 
some whoa type of reveal or it's going to be, or it could be, oh, wow, this carried on business as usual. Great. This country, (laughs) I don't believe, I don't believe we the people will tolerate going beyond 2024 carrying on business as usual. I think some people will be pretty mad. Because I think this country is just what Donald Trump says. I think this country is going to hell. Oh, yeah. And it's not going to get better. Mm-mm. My own belief is a spiritual belief from the Bible, God's word, and I believe that God is going to humble this nation. He's going to do it in the fashion that he chooses, the manner he chooses, the timing he chooses. He's almighty God. But I think he's going to bring this nation to its knees. This nation is disgusting. Amen. People going out and paying money and taking their children to see Taylor Swift perform a satanic ritual like a witch. Mm. Putting money and time and energy into football games and not caring about their government. Allowing schools to start allowing they're even they're even allowing, I think I saw where DeWine vetoed a bill that would have prohibited operations to change the gender of children. What is going on other than people doing the devil's work? There's man and there's woman. And they're allowing by law for doctors or parents to change the sex of their child. That's disgusting. As President Trump says, these people are sick. Tell me about it. But nothing's nothing's new under the sun. Nothing changes under the sun. This has been going on since the beginning of mankind. Rebellion against God. In the Bible you read where parents sacrifice the blood of their children to worship Moloch or Baal or both. And that's what is being done to children today. Along with a lot of other things. And it's not pretty. But people don't want to accept it because it's so ugly that you don't want to face it. I asked somebody this question. I'll throw it out there and see what you say. What's the, what's the most valuable commodity you could have on the market today? What could you have out there that you could use every part of it to make money in a variety of different ways? Would it be a... You're asking me, or are you? I'm asking you, but I know the answer. I'm not sure that I do know the answer, but I'm guessing it's a, is it like a embryo stem cell or? No, it's a human being. No. Okay. Well, children, fetuses, adults, especially adult women. Think about the different things that they do to women to make money off of them. Prostitution. Yeah. Think about what they do to make money off of children, adrenochrome, body parts. They even can use human remains to crush them and, and create diamonds. And then whatever's the scrap, I guess, that's left over after they've done what they can do, they use it to make concrete. So I would tell you that in terms of dollars to be earned that the most valuable dollar-wise commodity in the market and the black market is a human being. Okay. And that's why I say, and I believe President Trump said at the very beginning of his administration, 2017, that he was going to end modern-day human slavery. part of which is child sex trafficking. I believe that's what his administration is all about. And in the process of bringing the traffickers to justice, he's going to find the traitors, the people that committed treason or covered it up because they were invested to keep trafficking and human slavery covered up because they make so much money on it. So I call it a twofer. You get the trader, you're going to get the trafficker. 
it sounds like Wood's crazy. He thinks people are being shot all over the place. Well, I mean, is that crazy? Has God not taken out civilizations, nations, cities, where he has taken out the people that worshiped another god? It's in the Bible. It is. And he's the same God today that he was yesterday, and he will be the same God tomorrow. God is consistent. What he's done in the past, he will do in the future. And I actually pray for him to humble our nation, to bring us to our knees where we will turn back to his face, repent of our evil ways, pray, and he will hear our prayers in heaven, and he will heal our land. Only God can save this country. That's true, actually. Just like only God can save us as individuals. And I say it often on uh, Telegram. Jesus Christ is God. Yep. People say, well, now where'd you get that from? He's the son. I said, read, read Revelations 1.8, where he said, I am the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the Almighty. Heck, he told the disciples that when they said, what does the Father look like? He said, well, if you've seen me, you've seen the Father. What? He told the devil that, too. Yeah, he said, the Father and I are one. Yeah. So it's one God, Jesus Christ, the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, and most importantly, Jesus is the Word of God. That's in Revelation 2. And we know from John 1, in the beginning there was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. And the Word became flesh. Jesus Christ. Yep. I'm not a Bible scholar. I'm not a theologian. I'm not a preacher. I'm an innkeeper. But I'm trying get, to be an innkeeper. But you get people thinking about it. Well, we all, we all, if you love the Lord, we all are to undertake the Great Commission. And that's to share the gospel of Jesus Christ around the world or to as many people who are, as are willing to listen. That's actually, I believe, our number one responsibility as human beings, that in the flesh we are to engage in the Great Commission. And then we have other things that God created us to do. Created, creates people to be a, a, a parent in the flesh. We create somebody to be a teacher. Unfortunately with me, he created me to be a lawyer. <laughs> I wish I could sometimes I wish I hadn't gotten into that. This is such a not unfortunate for the countless people you helped in that well, capacity yeah, that listen. I I don't want to change any part of my life because God planned it and I'm not going to challenge God. And I couldn't change it if I wanted to. Only God could change my life, and he did that in August of twenty eighteen when I surrendered to him and I was reborn of the spirit. Same man on the outside. New man on the inside. Now, I'm, I'm so disgusted with the legal profession, but then I think people in the medical profession that care, they're disgusted with the medical profession. I think the people that love Jesus Christ are disgusted with the institutional, organized church, religion. I think people that are involved in every, any aspect of our society at the present time that love the Lord and care about America are disgusted with what's going on in their individual professions or their aspects of their life. And if they're not, maybe they weren't meant to be. All we can do is pray for those that don't seem to see or hear. So I, <laughs> I didn't mean to get off and start preaching again because remember, I'm not a preacher. Uh, I am a guy that uh, continues to be subjected to just errant nonsense in terms of attacks against me. Have you noticed that? It just doesn't go away. Mm -mm. The latest doozy is they had a question about me in Q posed to Don Tr Donald Trump Jr. And he answered it 
And if you listen to his answer, you'll see and understand what he said. But then the deep state mockingbird media folks, the Flintites, the Finians, they go on social media and say, Donald Trump said that Lynn Wood was a moron and a grifter. And then they spread that all over the world on social media platforms. And sadly, too many people will take what they say, that he called me a moron and a grifter, and they won't bother to listen to what he said. And by the way, that's episode 96 of Triggered with Don Jr. It's a, it's a podcast on Rumble. The 43-minute mark. 43, 45-second-minute mark, I think. Go ahead, sorry. You've listened to it. I have. Did Donald Trump Jr. call me a grifter? He did not say you were, no. He did call out grifters. He called out grifters, and he mentioned that some of those people generally were morons who had glommed on to his dad, tried to present themselves as loyalists, but he implied it was those who betrayed his dad and jumped on the, on the DeSantis bandwagon. Yeah. And the only thing he said about you is like, look, I don't know about Lynn. I don't know much about Lynn Wood. I don't know anything about a Q team. Uh, I don't. I don't know anybody on any on a on a Q team or. He said, "I don't know anybody on the Q team per se." Per se, I don't, almost almost admitted there was a Q team. Well, see, I don't. I, I listen very carefully, and I'm not. I'm honestly not sure if it's an uh or a the. If it's a the, that's potentially significant. But regardless, he didn't discount the fact that there could be a Q team or the Q team. Uh, but well, don't you think he would know? I assume I mean, he would. Couldn't yeah. he just look over and said? There's no, there's no such thing as a Q team. Yeah. I've, so I don't know what Lynn Wood could be talking about. I have never. I, I agree. I have I agree. never told anybody that I was part of the Q team or Q. No. Period. So whoever posted the question set it up. And they were going to attack me no matter what Donald Trump Jr. had said. Unless he had said, yes, Wood is part of the Q team, <laughs> they wouldn't attack me then, would they? <laughs> That's just not. It, 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 the idea that they are willing to go out and manufacture and twist and misrepresent somebody's words when all you have to do is take the time to listen to what the man said and you know they're liars. Now, why are they lying about me right now? Why, why am I still being lied about and propagandized. Am I running for office, John? No. In fact, you, I don't even think you're going to vote. <laughs> I'm not going to vote. I'm not going to vote in a rigged election. Yeah. Everybody else is welcome to go out and vote, vote, vote. But I will not vote unless the election uh, procedures in our country are honest. And so, President Trump says he's he's um, got controls in place. Said he has can. Controls in place. Wonder what those controls are. Well, that's. Uh, I'm hoping we <laughs> military find military control. <laughs> Look, something, something that, and I'm guessing that's what it would have to be. Um, otherwise, how else do you? How else, if you're officially out of office, do you get? Are you able to get something in? Get a control in place that you didn't have in place while you were in office? It doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. So, and if it doesn't make any sense, you got to watch out. Yeah, either I'm not thinking of something or it's false. Yeah, I mean, if, if something makes perfect sense, I believe it's perfect truth. I believe if it makes sense, it's true. If it doesn't make sense, watch out. It may be very well be false. But at least that's where you got to focus to get more information to determine whether it's true or false. If something is nonsense, nonsense is nonsense. It's fake. And there is, I believe, my own opinion... There's a lot of fake in this country right now. There are a lot of psyops being run in this country, which makes it very hard for people to determine what's real, what's fake, who's dead, who's alive. I will go to my grave, and then in a blink of an eye, I'll, I'll be in heaven. Not even a blink of an eye, a twinkle of an eye. Hmm. So I've seen what I've seen. I can't unsee it. It started primarily with the fake inauguration of bribes 
and then over time you realize how fake the media is 24-7. It's all fake. It's all, even sports is rigged. It's all scripted. And I look and I see with my eyes people's appearances change. Now, I know people have gotten plastic surgery for years. I know that people have lost weight over time in, in years. Or gained. For years, or gained, or gained. <laughs> Christy gains. But uh, I've never seen this many people doing that at one time where their appearance has changed. And it's not just plastic surgery or weight loss or gaining weight. Some of their bony structures are different. And, you know, the skull is the skull. Well, you know, the funny thing, you know, you, you bring that up. And I'm a, um, a friend of mine I had a disagreement with uh, at his family event about a year and a half ago or so or a summer ago. And he was trying to say, John, DeSantis 2024. Well, this very same guy at the family event a year later Meant actually said, and a lot of people look different. And I was struck. I was struck by that because ordinarily he's not on the uh, people look different page. Yeah, you, I wouldn't have expected that comment from him because now he, he's and he's somewhat of a conspiracy theorist, uh, like I am. And and he, and he even he he even candidly opened up to me. It was funny. He goes, "Well, John, you know when you when you came to our gathering and you were wearing your all that." you were really overdoing it with the Trump stuff. And I had my, I guess I had on some military type, uh, um, Smith and Weston boots. And I had the, my cap with a thin red American flag and a thin red line on it. And, uh, you know, I looked, uh, I guess a little bit rougher than these people who hadn't, uh, I, you know, they were going about their daily lives with their wives and all that going with the flow, getting the vaccine. And of course I shocked them when I told them that I was spitting in the tube every day and I refused to take it. And they're like, wow, it's pretty hardcore. But he, you know, I was surprised that he would, even though he was a little bit more and, you know, in term like I am in terms of thinking that something was off and admitting that the election had been stolen, but he was still of the mindset that uh, the answer was a different candidate, which is ridiculous if you really understand that the election's stolen. Obviously, it's not the candidate's fault. Well, it's, it's, yeah. stolen. it's, it's stolen because primarily it's rigged. They've been stealing elections yeah. for decades. Sure. Selecting people to put in office to allegedly represent us when they only represent themselves and each other and the powers that be, the club. So a conspiracy theorist. Well, I, I I've been called that a few times, haven't I? I even get headlines. Can, I don't know what they put on my Wikipedia page, and I don't care. It used to say nice things about me. Now I'm sure it starts off, conspiracy theorist, lawyer, Lynn Wood, now disgraced. Well, I think Whatever. we got the Delaware part straightened out. I think I, I think. Uh, well, I only care what God thinks about true. me. True. Uh, but what is a conspiracy theorist? Stop and, and put it into perspective. Let's talk about it honestly. Yeah. I made it clear. The Bible is clear. God is sovereign, period, over everything. Mm -hmm. God doesn't create just to create. He creates for a reason. I believe that God plans your life from start to finish. He knows the second he's going to call you home or the second you're going to unfortunately go somewhere like hell. I just pulled off my citadel ring, and uh, that reminded me of what I had inscribed. And I think it's a quote from Einstein. I was looking for a quote. Oh, he was a fraud. <laughs> well, he does say there's a quote attributed to him, and it, it's you still might like it. It says, God does not play dice with the universe. That's on my citadel ring. Well, broken clock gets right twice a day. The God, <laughs> God, God controls everything. To the detail. Now, people don't want to accept that because they don't want to surrender their own sovereignty to God. They think they can do it. They can figure it out. Good luck. He is an almighty, all-powerful, all-sovereign God. 
He created everything. Without him, nothing that was created would have been created, and he controls his creations, either by acting or allowing things to happen. He allows the devil to attack his children. He has a reason for it. Ask Job. God is sovereign over Satan. He allows Satan to operate within his, God's boundaries. And he has a reason for it. So if you see an event and you try to look into what explains this event, And then you reach your own conclusion. Do your research, connect the dots, reach your own conclusion. I think that is critical thinking. And then when you reach a conclusion that goes against the mainstream, the club, because you're right, they brand you a conspiracy theorist to try to demean you. The CIA started using the term in the 1950s. I've seen that myself, and I forget the name. It was it was a documentary I think I saw on YouTube, or maybe several actually. I don't know, but I I know I've seen that, heard it, and and even before I saw it, I, it even occurred to me the possibility because it because I couldn't help but notice how con, how conditioned people were, people who were lawyers, people who were no stranger to critical thinking when they would. When I was, you know, at that very same gathering, you know, autumn of uh, 2021, and um, they're like, "What?" One of my other friend was saying, "Well, what you're saying is sounds very uh, conspiratorial," and I'm thinking, "Well, uh, if the word conspiracy does exist, it as a term, it's a type of crime." And I happen to think that the facts I'm talking about point to one. So that happens to be, I happen to have a theory that does suggest a conspiracy that is based on fact. And then he gets up and walks out of the room. <laughs> yeah, they don't, people, don't like, people don't like it when you tell them the truth. So you have to be, I tell, I tell people, you have to be, the Bible tells you this. You have to be wise as a serpent and gentle as a dove. If you try to push somebody to believe your truth, they're going to either get mad at you or they're going to walk away from you. So you're not going to be able to, to have an impact on them. So I, I tell people when they, they say, well, what, how, could, how should we approach, uh, like my brother doesn't, somebody will say, my brother doesn't want to hear this stuff. And I don't know how to approach him. I said, give him, give him a hard example and just say, what do you think of that? These people look different to you get him to start thinking instead of telling him they're different let him look at it and realize it himself so when you get people engaged in critical thinking guess what they do they think and the people that want to control you through propaganda they don't want you to think no they don't want you to go and listen to the full comments of donald trump jr no no don't think about that don't waste time just accept what we said this country has been brainwashed for decades. And I think that President Trump and the military are in the process of unbrainwashing America. I mean, I still laugh at the fact that, I don't laugh at it, it's not funny, but people, some of Tr President Trump's greatest supporters said, well, he lost in 2020. What? Yeah, Fox News said he lost. That infuriates me. It, it, it's just, talk about just <laughs> being led by the nose and, and not thinking at all for yourself. So he, he lost Arizona? Isn't that where he had a 92-mile caravan two or three or four days before the election? 92 or three-mile caravan. I try to give some people grace. It's tough for me. Well, we're but supposed it, to extend it to all. It, it's tough uh, but I have to remember, okay, for the people out there who have demand, like day-to-day -day demands, making ends meet, tending to a family, 
kids, wife, whatever, husband, whatever. Um, you know, maybe they don't have the time to, and, and a full-time job doing something else that doesn't involve any of this. Maybe they don't have time to really think about all this, so they just see the fact that Trump's not in office, and they, they just cut to it and say, all right, well, he's not there. Obviously, he lost. But I have to remember that. Otherwise, I'd just get really mad. I'm like, no, we got ripped off. It's plain as day. Don't start saying it. It just, you know, some of the nicest people I have to sort of well, you can't bite my tongue a you, little bit. You, you can't but validate it. I can't. As no. long as as long as you say, well, we'll fix it next time. You validated 2020. Once you validated 2020, you've gone down a slippery slope that we've been going down for decades in our country, accepting the idea, well, the, they might have cheated a little bit, but we'll fix it with the next election. Mm. The election system in this country is corrupt. It is broken. It is controlled by the powers that be. I would don't know which name of the club you, you come <laughs> up with, but, but there are a handful of people uh, that are trying to control the world, and they've been controlling our elections. I call them communists in that they are members of the ruling elite that want the ruling elite to govern over a servant class. And we're not going to fix this country until God takes them out. Communists are godless. Now, if they don't think God will take them out, they need to read the Bible. Of course, they probably don't even have a Bible because they're godless. So all we can do is pray for those people because we don't want anybody to go to hell. Mm -mm. I had someone give me a book that, uh, for Christmas. Uh, it's an easy read, 142 pages. I mentioned it on my Telegram page. I have no interest financially otherwise. I don't promote anybody. Uh, and it's called 30, the, 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 A Minute After You Die. Right. A Minute After You Die. And boy, when you read that, you're either going to be thrilled or you're going to be terrified. Thrilled if you know Jesus Christ. Terrified if you do not. Eternity is timeless. How many millions of years are in eternity? You can't count them. Well, to those in the terrified camp, you know, it's, it's never too late. You know, as long as you catch it on this side. <laughs> yep, it's never too late. Ask the thief on the cross that, that got it by faith right before he was crucified. Jesus said, I, you'll be with me today in paradise. America needs God. I, I, I just, I've, you can even probably see over time how my telegram page is slightly, well, not even slightly, transitioned to where I spend more and more time uh, talking about the scripture, talking about Jesus Christ. I still talk about President Trump. I still talk about issues of the day. Mm -hmm. But the most important issue of the day is your relationship with Jesus Christ, regardless of who your president is, regardless of whether your country is communist or a constitutional republic. Because all of this is a wisp of wind. That's right. The only thing that matters that matters most is where you're going to spend eternity. Are you going to be in heaven talking to your friends? Or are you going to be in eternal torment? Eternal torment. Well, any other issues? We still got a couple of minutes here, I think. I, usually we go about an hour. I just found out this thing has a timer on it. No way. Yeah, what does it say? 54 minutes and 37 seconds. I never realized that. I'd, I'd always comment when we'd finish and we'd see how, what the size was of the file. I'd go, yeah, we hit about the same size every time. I mean, it's a new year. And people like to think, and I always did, you know, well, it's a new start to a new year. I'm going to do this and that and uh, uh, the big, big, big changes in my life this year. I was reading somewhere the other day where somebody said, you're not going to make the big changes. 
it's the little changes that you make every day that add up to make the big change. That makes a lot of sense. I wish, um, I wish that uh, more people were awake, but I do think what you said is a good example that people are slowly and gradually waking up. And yeah. God's going to wake them up. He, he, he gives you eyes to see and ears to hear, but you're going to see what he wants you to see when he wants you to see it. And you're going to hear what he wants you to hear when he wants you to hear it. Just look at what happened when he resurrected. When he was there with Mary Magdalene, she didn't recognize him. She thought he was the gardener. Now, and was then, she looking at him or she... She was looking at him. Okay. She All was right. asking him, where have you taken him? Do you know where they took his body? And then he said, Mary. And with his voice, she knew it was Jesus Christ. She saw what he wanted her to see when he wanted her to see it. He did the same thing with the disciples. He walked, he walked with them. They didn't know who he was. Yeah. Until he wanted them to know that he was the resurrected Christ. So if he is sovereign, which he is, um, he'll control what you see and when you see it, what you hear and when you hear it. But you gotta, you got to believe in him, and you've got to be listening, and you got to be looking. You can't stick your head in the sand and say, well, I'll wake up in November 6th or 7th of 2024, and it'll all be okay, or it'll be so bad I'll stick my head back in the sand. You've got a responsibility to speak. You've got a responsibility to share the truth with people. God's going to wake them up but he may be using you or me or many other people to do his will to wake them up. Yeah, and I, and I, I want to piggyback on some of that because one of the things I blame myself for, not, I never had a big megaphone or a big following or anything, but I, I went quiet on social media for about three or four years. I thought, okay, well, some other pundits got this stuff figured out as well as I do. I don't have to. I can just, you know, keep it congenial with people. I don't need to rock the boat. But the minute 2020 happened, November 3rd, I thought, you know, it's funny because when I was very vocal on Facebook leading up to the 2016 election, we somehow ended up, ended up winning. I was just, I maybe had 30, 40 people look at what I put up on Facebook at the time. But I was still vocal and saying things, whereas I said nothing. And if you think about that effect replicating across millions of people, whom I also imagine or speculate had that same type of bystander effect of, well, why do I need to say anything? Why do I need to do anything? I think people need to understand their own worth and whether they got five people who listen to them, if, every, if the millions of people with just five people listen, listening to them, heard them rather than, you know, not hear them because they decided to keep their silence in the interest of keeping the peace or really avoiding the open conflict, it could literally make all the difference. I mean, well, and, I mean I, and I don't know. I don't know that that's what did, but I know that's something I felt. I'm like, you know what? I, I blame myself to the extent I'm blameworthy for not saying things. Well, we're all blameworthy. We're all sinners. Yeah. For not saying things just in order to avoid rocking a boat, so to speak. Jesus Christ rocked the boat. Yeah, he did. <laughs> he also calmed the waters. <laughs> the sea. He did. No, he was an outsider. He lived as a very poor and humble man. People need to be an outsider. Absolutely. They need to challenge the authorities, the ruling authorities. They even need to challenge the religious leaders. That's Trump's speech to liberty when he said, relish the opportunity to be an outsider because it's the, what is he, is it the outsiders? It's the outsiders that, that change the world. That truly make a lasting impact, yeah, something like that. The more that a broken system tells you you're wrong, the more determined you must be the more certain you must be that you must keep must keep pushing ahead. 
Yeah, the more people tell you you're wrong, <laughs> yeah, you know, you know more and more. I must be right. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, it's 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 an individual choice, just like it's an individual choice uh, to whether you want to follow Jesus Christ and try to live a Christ-like life. Yep. Uh, I just don't know why anybody would take a chance with their eternity when the opportunity provided to you by our Lord and Savior is so, so simple. Believe in him as the only begotten son of God and then obey him as best you can. He'll forgive you when you make mistakes, but you've got to be forgiven of your sins or you'll go to hell. And he died on the cross and shed his blood for your sins to be forgiven. And you cannot earn your way there. Any religion that tells you that you can get to heaven based on your works, that religion is satanic. Did I make that clear enough? <laughs> it's a blasphemy of the Holy Spirit to go through your life thinking your good works will get you to heaven. You get to heaven by the gift of love, grace, and mercy given to you by your Father in heaven. It's a gift. You can't earn it. God thinks of your good works as dirty rags. So I'm not a fan of institutional churches. I'm not a fan of religion. I believe that the church is the body of Christ made up of the believers of which Jesus Christ is the head. Amen. Well, I tell you, John, I'm... We're going to go over and meet with a couple of good folks at uh, Cotton Hall in a few minutes. Okay. So we'll try to see if we can figure out how to, every time we do this, I have to reinvent the wheel to figure out how to get it to back up on uh, uh, online so we can post it. So we'll start that process. And I hope 2024, 2024, I pray that this is a year that will be remembered for a long time. And that it will end in a way that will impact future generations in this country. That it will end where we can restore our republic and reclaim our freedom. I do too. And most important, or most importantly, I pray it's a year of a great revival and return to the belief in Jesus Christ. So that we can then once again be a nation under God. Well, I think it was, the quote I think was attributed to Reagan, and he's got his flaws, I know. <laughs> yep, afraid so. Uh, but the quote he said is nonetheless good. I think, he, I think it goes to the effect of, uh, when we cease to be a nation under God, our nation will go under. And what has happened with the rising atheism, we've seen the collective collapse of our country almost indirectly, I'm sorry, inversely proportional to the, uh, the, the, you know, the cumulative effect of more and more individuals losing their faith. God's going to lift you up. Yeah. The devil's going to take you down. And it's not just atheists. It's Satan worshipers. It's the devil worshipers. It's people that think they... The Freemasons, these secret societies, they think man can be illuminated to figure out what's right for his family and what's right for his community. And if a group of them get together, they can do great things. That is the worship of Lucifer. Man can't do anything good. All good things come from above. When you start giving yourself or other men or women credit for doing good things and not Jesus Christ, you are blaspheming the Son of God. But you can be forgiven for that. The only unforgivable sin is blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, which I believe is to go through your entire life in earth and not believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. If you do that, you are guilty of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit that is the one unforgivable sin, and you will suffer eternal torment in hell. Started preaching again after I thought I was going to quit. Listen, John, thank you for visiting me again at Tomotley.
thank you for your uh, efforts in lawfare. Uh, I thank again all the wonderful people that support Fight Back, which we're still fighting lawfare. We're going to move to another subject one day, I hope soon. But uh, the battle still is being waged, and John is doing a great job not only working with Fight Back, but working for Fight Back. The board waived the conflict, and John uh, receives a pretty reasonable amount, not much, uh, each month to try to help me in all these legal matters. And, and I appreciate it from the bottom of my heart, because, John, I'm tired, and you know it, don't you? I know it, and uh, again, after what you just said before that, it's... it's uh I like to think it's Jesus helping me do it. Well, so. he, t- he does everything, so yeah. it is him. He's got it. He'll put you in the right place at the right time, and and if you ask him how to deal with a situation, then you listen, and you'll get an answer. may not be what you want to hear, but you'll get an answer. The um, fact is, though, we still have some wonderful people that uh, love us, and as we say, we appreciate your donations, but we, we appreciate your prayers more. So we're going to push in and continue to fight back in 2024. I'll never quit. Will you? No, I don't, nope. I don't think I can quit the purpose God put me on earth to do. That's right. Never quit. Nope. Never put your cross down. You press on. So God bless each and every one of you. Thank you uh, for listening to episode, what was it again? I'm Forty- certain it was 43. <laughs> it was 43. But I'll disclaim it on the blurb if I'm wrong, but I think I'm right. <laughs> we'll fix it. Yeah. Thank you for listening to Tomotley Talks, and I pray for your families. I pray for this uh, nation. I pray for the world. I, I hope that you have a really great 2024. God bless each and every one of you. God bless you. And God willing, we'll talk again soon. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.